This message comes from Legal Talk sponsor, Choice New York Management. Buying and selling a home should be exciting. We know it's the biggest transaction most people make, so our agents are laser-focused on the details while keeping it fun. Let the experts of Home by Choice deliver the best possible results for you. Our approach is simple. Your home is our priority. Visit homebychoicenyc.com for more info. Welcome to Legal Talk, a conversation about governance issues that New York's co-op and condo boards are tackling today. I'm Paula Chin with Habitat, the New York City magazine for co-op and condo board directors. My guest today is Justin Bouchel, a partner at Schneider Bouchel. Welcome, Justin. A building's bylaws should evolve with the times, and as the recent and tragic apartment fire in the Bronx illustrates, it's really important to update your bylaws when it comes to fire hazards. You recently dealt with a condo where unit owners were up in arms with the board over a ban on fire pits. So recently, a community association that we represent, townhome-style communities, there was a resident who had erected a fire pit on their balcony terrace. And many residents were up in arms, especially in light of the recent Bronx fire in an apartment building caused by a space heater, not a fire pit, but similar, something that could easily cause a fire. And residents were scared. The community had already suffered a fire in recent years and turned to the board and said, you better make these people take down their fire pit. And the board started a legal action against them, but ran into some pushback from the resident who said fire pits aren't particularly banned in the governing documents of the community. Well, how did the board address this legally as a nuisance and noise issue, or did they take a different tack? At first, we tackled the unit owner with legal cease and desist notices, explaining that the fire pit that they erected was a nuisance due to odor issues, due to noise issues, due to various other things in the governing documents. But one of the things that the unit owner hung their hat on was the fact that there was no explicit ban on fire pits. And that makes sense because fire pits are more of a modern way for people to use heat warming devices outside. And I don't know of any set of governing documents that particularly bans fire pits. And bylaws you know, cannot ban everything under the sun. There's a lot of generic language in them to cover situations like this. But the board, instead of choosing to litigate over the issue of whether a fire pit is a nuisance or an odor-causing device, chose to amend the bylaws to explicitly ban them to get rid of the legal dispute about whether it's a nuisance. Given the backlash, if you were starting that action to amend the bylaws, were there concerns that they had enough votes? Whenever you're going to tackle a bylaw amendment project, it's important to know before you start that endeavor whether or not your amendment is going to pass. So my advice to this community was not to just jump right into let's amend the bylaws and propose to the community. You need to poll the community and you can poll the community in one of two ways. One would be more of a silent poll where the board members go door to door, talk to their friends, talk to people, their neighbors, and just say, hey, what would you think of an idea if we ban fire pits and see if you have, you know, positive feedback. And based on your silent poll, if you're running at a very good percentage rate, typically a two thirds approval rating, 
then you know it might be something that you can do. Another option that many communities that we represent do is we'll just have an informational meeting. And instead of a silent poll, more of a public poll. And we just come right out and we tell the community, here's our issue, here's our idea. Would you support this? And if you're again running at a very high percentage yes approval in the informal survey portion, then it should mean this will translate into a yes vote in a formal amendment to the governing documents. Is that what the board did in this case? Did they do both knocking on doors as well as hold a meeting? So in this particular community, they did more of the silent poll approach, just making sure different sectors of the community were all in favor of it. And once they realized it was a landslide, basically nobody was against this other than the one family who was using the fire pit, the board said, we can just jump right into proposing the amendment and we don't need to have an informational meeting or any other type of formal survey. So in this case, as you said, there was tremendous support, but what if you wanted to do it and the poll indicated you had two thirds, which is enough to amend the documents. Is that good enough for a board to go in and try to do this? That's a great question. You really have to be running at a much higher percentage on your yes vote than what your governing documents say. So if your governing documents say you need two thirds of the community, there's always a sector of the community that's just never going to vote. They're not going to show up to a meeting. They're not going to vote one way or another, either because they don't care or they just don't want to get involved. Unfortunately, the percentage of the community that doesn't vote, they're a no vote. So if you need two thirds of the community to vote yes to an amendment, you really need to be running in your polling at somewhere maybe more like 80, 80 plus percent, knowing that the no votes, the absentee vote are just going to be thrown away. So of the people who are voting, you need to be running a little higher than the 66 two thirds in order to have success on an amendment project like this or any amendment project. And what happened? We held the meeting. It was a landslide victory. We actually gave this board the advice to piggyback the ban on fire pits with a legal fees amendment because it's important if you're going to have these legal disputes with your residents and some people are litigious in nature and they're going to push boards to the brink and fight you every step of the way. And it's important if a board is going to be involved in these types of battles that they have the right to recover the fees that they're going to incur. So we piggyback the fire pit amendment with a legal fee amendment, giving the board the right to recover their attorney's fees in not just common charge disputes or arrears disputes, which is in every governing documents, but for these types of violations as well. The result here was both amendments passed because the community did not want to bear the cost of legal fees for this dispute or any type of dispute. And the residents took down the fire pit, paid the legal fees, and this matter was closed and it was a very big success for this community. So in this case, it was a win-win, but what would you advise boards that want amendments, but their polls, either formal or informal, and find that they don't quite have the support? It's important to talk to your community about anything you're trying to do and propose. So that's why it's important in a silent poll or an informal poll or just a public informational meeting to get the community's feedback because there could be some tweak to what you're trying to accomplish that would change a lot of people's votes from a no vote to a yes vote. Many amendment projects that we do, if we just go out and propose it, you know, we won't get the support that we need. But if we propose it with a minor tweak, something maybe we didn't think of, something the community didn't think of, an idea that somebody might have might cause a lot of people's no votes to change the yes. So doing that informal surveying or an informational meeting could be the thing that causes your amendment project to succeed versus fail. Right. So you've got to compromise sometimes. Exactly. It shouldn't be an all or nothing. Sometimes communities, we have 
leasing restrictions that they want to do. And if you do a full ban on leasing, the community is going to probably vote that down. But if you do no leasing for one or two years, you know, a compromise, you might get everybody to support that. So like you said, both sides have to sometimes come together and maybe not get everything you want. But if you get a good amount of what you were looking for, you might get the change that you need in your community. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Paula. It was great being here.